The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Drayvon James and this is Everyday Peace. I'm super excited to be here with you today as we explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, Nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Can you even imagine right now, no matter what's going on in your life situation, right now that you are whole, you are complete. There really is nothing missing right now. Just go ahead and inhale on that. Just hold that piece in for just a second and then take a deep, complete exhale from the belly through the mouth. And yes, it is possible for you to have peace every day, knowing that, yes, you deserve everyday peace. And yes, everyday peace is possible. We work together on this show to bring you the guests to partner with you as you create your life of peace every day. And as our listeners know, our anthem for 2021 is What Are We Waiting For? As everyday peacemakers know, we have everything we need right here, right now, to be our best selves right in this very moment. I announced this at our our theme at our very first show of the year as a reminder that we can be our best selves every day. There's always a reason to delay working on ourselves, our jobs, our family obligations, school work, you know, the pandemic. There's a thousand reasons that we could have for not working on ourselves. But on this show, we encourage the exploration of self and the journey back to everyday peace, regardless of what is happening in the external environment. Now, speaking of what you are waiting for, for a long time we were talking about the brand new revised Dr. Drayvon James website. Well, I'm here to tell you that that is no longer a wait. Right now, this, the website is up. Our new website, drdravonjames.com, includes prior shows, words of wisdom and encouragement, excerpts from my book, Freedom is Your Birthright, uh, contact information, free our free course, you name it. It's on there. This, the website is just wonderful. I'm so proud of the job that was done on that website. And I would love it if you have not gone to visit the new website at www.drdravonjames.com to please visit today. And return often as the site is constantly being updated. We're adding new materials to it. I encourage you to bookmark the site so you can visit frequently. If you've missed any of our previous years, the shows for this year, you can simply uh, re-listen to them by subscribing to Dr. Drayvon James' Everyday Peace podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, or you can listen to them on the unityonlineradio.org website. And that is our news, and it brings us right to the Everyday Peace moment part of our show. And we have discussed that everyday peace is a pathway for what I call the pyramid for improved health, wealth, and relationships. Today we have two wonderful guests who are both advocates of living a healthy lifestyle as a foundation for a successful life. I'm really excited to talk to our guest today and to bring you bring their information into your lives. But before we move forward, forward with that, I want to just travel back in time to our very first show of the year. We were lucky to have the acclaimed speaker and radio personality, Vincent Jenna, on the show. And Vincent shared some really interesting information with us about New Year resolutions. He let us know that 90% of the time, New Year resolutions fail. We don't see them to completion. We acknowledge that we need to set goals differently 
if we want a better outcome. And that's just not at New Year's. That's any time. We need to set the goal differently if we want to increase our chances of hitting the mark. Other guests we've had on through the show have also echoed this same thought that we can hit the mark if we set the goals wisely. There is a tendency for us to look at what we don't want in life and believe that by looking at what we don't want, we'll get closer to what we do want. You know what I mean? Like we'll say, oh, you know, I don't want to weigh, I don't want to weigh an extra 10 pounds. And we'll focus on the fact that we weigh this extra 10 pounds or what have you. I don't want to keep continue to have to um, work late hours at work. We keep focusing on that and we, draw more of that into our lives. So what we've learned is that when we change our focus to what we do want, we increase our likelihood of achieving that goal, knowing that our life moves in in the direction of our most dominant thought. So just that simple switch, you know, of changing what the way we think about the situation, changing it to my focus is on what I do want, not on what I don't want. So as we move forward, keeping that in mind as you move through your day, move through your life, is that simple changes. It's it's good to set goals, but how we look into the future is most important, looking towards what we want and not what we don't want. And that is our everyday peace moment. And that brings us to our first guest, Kathy Freston is an author, speaker, and strong advocate for a plant-based diet. Kathy teaches about the benefits of a vegan diet, everything from saving money, better skin, and even improved sex life. Kathy's book is titled 72 Reasons to Be a Vegan. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. Oh, we're excited to be here, and I am so excited for you to talk about one of my favorite um, topics is uh, alternative uh, alternative diets that help us to move our life in the direction that we want to go into. So, mm-hmm. I'd like to start at the very beginning and just how did you make the how how does one make a transition to veganism? It seems like a huge from a, from a animal based diet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. into a veganism. Well, I love what you're talking about is, you know, putting your mind in the place of peace and the dominant thoughts going there. I was a writer and still am a writer, but I I was writing um, on becoming more and more conscious and awake in our lives. And I was talking about spirituality and relationships, uh, doing service, meditation, things like that, um, having purposeful work. And I realized at some point that what I had not really looked deeply at was the food that I was eating. And that's something that I do three times a day, and I was pretty much unconscious about it. And I started feeling like, okay, Kathy, you are a hypocrite if you are not. You're, you know, you're talking about waking up and being aware, and I, you're completely unaware of where your food comes from. So I, uh, I was playing with my dog one day, and uh, this sort of was in the back of my mind. And I, she was on her back, and she was just sort of, you know, I was rubbing her belly, and her little legs were going up, and I could tell how happy she was. And I just thought to myself, oh, I love this dog so much. I love animals. And this little voice inside of me said, well, if you love animals so much, why are you eating them? Ah, the voice of conscience. <laughs> so I thought, oh, my gosh, this is really inconvenient. And um, I started picturing her, and don't worry, I'm not going to give any anything traumatizing uh, visions or anything, but I started picturing her as if she were a, a farm-ass food animal in the slaughter line. What would she be going through? And I know my dog so well. I know when she's nervous. I know when she's happy. I know when she's, you know, upset. I know when she's not feeling well. And so I could picture her in a slaughterhouse line moving toward her end and how terrified she would be, what her body must be going through. And I thought I would go to any length to save my dog from going through a fate like that. And I thought to myself, well, if I would go to any length to save my dog, why do I so easily eat a pig or a cow or a chicken? You know, there's really no difference except for I know my dog and I don't know that pig. 
and you know they're just as lovely all you know animals are you know created by the same force that created me so they're just as lovely and so if i knew it, these other individuals i wouldn't want them to go through that fate either so i uh i decided in that moment i wanted to be someone who didn't eat animal stuff and being from the south when i <laughs> grew up eating nothing but animal stuff and you know into my into my adult years I thought well this is going to be challenging because it's all I know but I decided you know what I'm just going to lean into it because that that kind of peace is what I wanted in my life that kind of living in a way that was um true to my values my internal values being kindness mercy uh, being a responsible steward on this planet, that was aligned with having a peaceful diet, which did not include eating animals because of what they go through. So that's, uh, and over the course of about a year, year and a half, I leaned into it and I gradually became completely vegan. Wow, that's a very impactful story. And I love that it's all, it was all generated from love. So um, now yeah. what do you say to people who, who, may not be that, you know, I, I love the fact that you have these 72 reasons because that your whole reason was externally focused. You wanted to do, you wanted to create a better existence for animals on the planet, not to be pursued yep. as, as, as food. And, and that's beautiful. But what do you say to people who say, you know what, I feel that they're here for, um, yes, you know, yes. for that reason. Totally. And, totally. and, but and they, a but, lot of people, yeah. No, go, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. No, you're right. A lot of people do think that way. You're right. Not not everybody has uh, empathy for animals, and not, not everybody, you know, believes that they they have souls or or anything like that. And and I completely um, respect someone's you know personal beliefs, and that's why Jean and I we wrote these 72 reasons because some people would be interested in animals. That was the the doorway that I came through. But then a lot of people are interested in lowering their blood pressure or lowering their cholesterol or losing weight or they're interested in, you know, eating in a way that does not create climate change. So we have all kinds of reasons in here and it's the the each each reason is uh, about a page long, maybe a page and a half. No, no reason takes up more than a page and a half. And so you can kind of bop around to what you might be interested in or what is motivating to you. Oh, I love that. So suppose a person is interested. They say, you know what, I, I, I'm interested. I'd like to try. What are some tips for an individual transitioning? Like how do you actually transition if you – what I've heard from people who and who have not necessarily transitioned to mm-hmm. veganism but have just transitioned to being a vegetarian, and what they've told me is that they had to really go through this intense part where they were overdoing it with carbs. So they cut out meat, but then they became this, you know, big consumer of carbs, and they didn't get the health benefits that they thought they were going to get because they were, you know, overloading on carbs. So what's the safest uh, way to, to make the transition? Well, first of all, I would say there's different kind of carbs. You know, there's there's carbohydrates that we think of as the enemies, like uh, you know, cupcakes and just white pasta and you know, white bread and French fries and bagels and cookies and cakes and stuff like that and those are definitely carbs that are not our friends you know but there's complex carbs are the stuff of life it's what our body needs it's what our body and brain evolved on it's what feeds our brain we need to we need complex carbs to survive and everything that we need pretty much is complex carbs so that's whole grains beans like lentils or you know brown rice or barley or rye um, seeds like quinoa a lot of people think quinoa is a grain but it's actually a seed which is highly highly uh, protein packed and um, and uh, vegetables and fruits those are all complex carbs that are the good ones the really good ones and so I would say in so far as um, getting rid of the bad stuff, I'm a big believer in crowding out, not cutting out. So, you know, instead, when, I went, when I went vegan, I didn't say, okay, I'm going to just not eat meat anymore because that just made me want to eat meat. <laughs> it was like you go on a diet and you just are, can't wait for the diet to be over, you know. It's like you cut out something and that's the thing that you want the most. And so I, I like cutting. I like crowding things out. So I, I like to say I can have whatever I want, but first I'm going to have 
this stuff. I'm just going to try this. And so, for instance, like I love, you know, once a week I have um, – you know, burrito and taco night. So instead of having a a beef burrito, I'm going to have a black bean burrito instead. And I'm going to have the guacamole. I'm going to have the salsa. I'm going to have all the fun stuff. And I'm just not, I'm just going to crowd out the beef with some black beans. And so I'm going to still enjoy my burrito, but I'm just not going to, I'm just going to have switched out the protein. So I believe, I, I like switching things out and then I don't feel like I'm at a loss. And there's, you know, today there's so many great switches. If even, you know, it's, listen, it's better to have whole foods, so like real beans and grains and vegetables and things like that. But Sometimes we like a burger, and, you know, there's such great burgers out there that are plant-based, made without animals, like the Beyond Burger, the Impossible Burger. There's all kinds of stuff out there that you feel like um, you're getting the, the traditional foods that we grew up loving, so we don't feel like we're missing anything. And once we sort of, you know, turn to those transitional foods, we're like, oh, okay, I, I'm not really missing anything. I can still have a pizza, but a pizza is going to be with, you know, soy cheese or almond cheese, and it's going to be with uh, veggie sausage instead of pork sausage. So I'm going to still get the feeling of eating pizza, but I'm just going to have it with non-animal proteins instead. Yeah, and I love that. I love that term. That was going to be my next question that you talk about crowding out and instead of cutting out. That's so um, important to not feel like you're missing out on something or, you know, you're being denied something because you're right. That goes back to focusing differently. When I say I can't have something, you're constantly thinking that's the thing that I must have, right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Yes. It occurs to me that I just introduced two terms, and I think um, it would be good for our listeners to know the difference because we're talking about being a vegan, but there is a difference between um, veganism and being a vegetarian. Could you elaborate on the two of those? Absolutely. So a vegetarian is someone who doesn't eat the flesh of an animal. Um, So they're not going to have chicken. They're not going to have fish. They're not going to have... Um, pork or or beef, but they would have dairy, which is the milk, or they're going to add the so the fluids, or they would have eggs uh, from chickens. Someone who is vegan doesn't eat anything at all from an animal, and um, the reasons are because well, there's a bunch of reasons, but eggs, you know. Um, Eggs are basically full of uh, saturated fat and cholesterol. One egg has as much cholesterol as an eight-ounce steak, for instance. But on an ethical level, um, you know, the egg-laying hens are some of the – they have some of the worst conditions of any animals on the planet, the way they're raised to produce these eggs, and the, the living conditions are just heinous. And as soon as they stop producing rapidly the eggs, they're slaughtered and, and you know, made for dog food. Same with dairy. You know, mm. back in the day where we saw the farmer and, you know, they, they were going out and getting the daily uh, bucket of milk, it's just not like that anymore. They're, they're milked in these horrible machines in factory farms, uh, day after day, standing on concrete, they get terrible infections called mastitis, which is very painful. And um, the when they the, the the milking process, you know, there's lots of blood and pus in it because of these infections. And the cow, of course, has to be impregnated constantly because that's how they produce milk where they're just like humans you know we we get a woman gets pregnant and uh has the baby and then she produces milk for that baby well the baby the calf if the calf is born a a male they're not useful to the dairy industry so they are carted off and they become veal that's why the veal industry was started was because of the the you know the surplus male calves that, that were no use in the dairy industry so there's you know, raised, they're slaughtered in a, in a terrible way. They're little babies, and they're kept in these small crates. But the females, they're still, the calves are dragged away from their mamas, and uh, they're, it's a horrible, horrible thing to, to witness because the mamas are just miserable. They bang their heads. They, you know, they bellow for days, missing their, their calf. So it's just, it's a very sad process. And then as soon as the... Um, 
cow is done producing milk, she's she's worn out usually after about five years of day after day after day standing on the concrete. She's basically carted off to slaughter for hamburger meat. And up to 100 cows, dairy cows, may be in one uh, hamburger, one regular hamburger. So they're all just ground up together and made. That's where ground beef comes from, sadly. So that's why there's a difference. You know, someone who's vegan is just going to opt out of all animal foods, both for health reasons and for... uh, for ethical reasons. And the difference, you know, I also use two terms on the cover of the book, 72 Reasons to Be Vegan, Why Plant-Based, Why Now? And vegan, you know, we use the word vegan and we use the word plant-based because the word plant-based is usually for people who are coming into it for health reasons. They want to lose weight. They want to get stronger. They want to reverse type 2 diabetes. they got to lower their blood pressure. They're plant-based. They're not thinking about the animals. They're not thinking about climate change, all of that stuff. But if you're someone who goes vegan, you're probably interested in the spiritual side of it. You're interested in um, the animal consciousness part of it. You're interested in uh, keeping the la- the land clean, the water clean, the air clean, all of those things. So being vegan has more of the body, mind, soul components where plant-based is I'm just concerned with my health. Right. And, and either way, either way, what, 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 what I hear there is there's something for everybody in this lifestyle. So if you're coming at it plant-based and you're looking for an improved health condition, this is actually one of the fastest ways to do that through diet, right, because, um, that you know, a lot of our healing, I remember years ago reading, um, a lot of our healing comes through our our diet, as well as a lot of our sickness, comes through our diet. Right? Exactly. It makes sense. Totally. Right. right. So, yeah. So we get, yeah, we're in this space where we get to choose. Um, you know, do we want to have a diet that is moving along the pathway towards our goal? It's so interesting that earlier this today I was doing an interview and I was talking about leadership, and I mentioned that you know one of the things we can be become a leader in is in how we reach our goals with our diet and making sure that the food choices that we're making are leading us on the pathway towards our goal. I think one of the fastest ways to get um, to a health goal is through diet. So you mentioned weight gain, I mean weight loss and weight gain from eating uh, animal protein, but what are some other uh, health benefits um, that we could list off? We know, of course, if you start, if you cut off cut down on fat, you can reduce your cholesterol, but there's some other, you have some other very interesting things that people could benefit from by introducing a vegan lifestyle or a plant-based yeah, diet. Yeah, absolutely. Within a few weeks, you can reverse type 2 diabetes. Um, you can lower your blood pressure within a month. Um, you can reverse heart disease in a, a fairly uh, good amount of time if you do a healthy, whole food, plant-based diet. Um, and altogether, vegans live longer. And um, that's because, you know, unprocessed plant-based foods are uh, free of cholesterol. They have much lower saturated fat. They're very high in fiber and complex carbohydrates, the good carbohydrates. And so as a result of that, vegans have lower blood pressure, um, less cancer, less heart disease and diabetes, and they also have a healthier gut microbiome. And, you know, when you have a healthy gut microbiome, um, that is the thing that keeps your whole body healthy. When you're microbiome is off, that's when you have the system-wide inflammation. And inflammation causes all kinds of problems in the body. So when you're avoiding those animal products, you're actually bringing your body into balance. So you're, And you're living a longer time. They, they say the studies show that uh, healthy vegans tend to live about a decade longer than their meat-eating cohorts. Wow, that's significant. That healthy gut... It is so. We hear so much about inflammation and all these other um, bizarre things that are happening, gluten um, allergies because of unhealthy gut. We've had Kathy Freston as our guest today talking about 72 ways to become a vegan and 72 benefits of a vegan. Thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking. 
Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Drayvon James, and this is Everyday Peace. Our special guest for this half of the show is Lori Bischoff. She is an author, a performance coach, an advocate for holistic nutrition, and the host of We're Talking Shift podcast. Welcome to the show, Lori. Thank you, Dr. Drayvon. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, I'm excited to have you, and, and I am so excited for our topic today. We were talking a little bit during the break about, you know, feelings versus um, a state of being and just yeah. our overall uh, impact on our life, and uh, I just want to share just a quick, our quick uh, commentary during the, during the break. I was talking about, you know, we're so happy to see that the the world and the nation, well, at least in here in Maryland where I am, things are improving we got the COVID vaccine moving along quite nicely, and I'm happy to see that things are improving. But then I'm heading home to get to the show, and there's traffic everywhere. And it was such a good thing to see people um, about, and that was my choice to view it that way, right? We have a choice mm-hmm. on how, a perspective on things, right? Because the other way to, to view it was I have 10 minutes to go live, and I need this traffic to be gone. <laughs> Right, right. But I kept my focus. (laughs) Go ahead. Exactly. And that's the practice right there, Dr. Trayvon. You said it. I kept my focus. Even though, you know, those thoughts, because you're like, oh, I'm watching the clock. I, you know, I've got to be there by a certain time. Um, But, you know, you're doing the best you can. And so even though your thoughts were maybe wanting to get away from you a little bit, maybe a little bit panicky and worried that you, you know, may or may not make it, but you, you have have the practice of reeling the thoughts back in so that you don't let them change the state of being that you need to be in when you do, you know, arrive at your destination, right? I mean, I I think that that is, uh, part of this is maybe semantic, but I think that when you look at it the way we're going to talk about it in a moment here, it really helps you to differentiate between between feelings and emotions, that's 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 one thing, and then a state of being. That's a whole other mm. thing, you know. And I think that most people who are at peace and who are even experiencing success, as defined by them, their own version of success, no matter what the outer circumstances are, they have certain things that they do, and I think two of those things are. Um, really important for keeping them in a certain state. One of them is they have a gratitude practice. And I think that, you know, when we have a gratitude practice, and this goes back to something that you said at the top of the show, which was um, about managing um, our dominant thoughts. You know, when we change our dominant thoughts, we change our how we feel, which means we change our state of being. So, when you have a when you are feeling grateful that's like one thing but when you when you have gratitude that's a different thing so let's just let's lay it out like this you can do being grateful right like but but it might be like attached to things like i'm grateful for my job i'm grateful for my relationship or my spouse or my house i'm grateful for food you know it's being it's being thankful for something or someone which is awesome It's the feeling of being grateful and thankful, but when those things are disrupted or removed or taken away from your life, then then there goes the feeling of gratefulness, right? Because it was attached to those things or those people. Now, here's here's the semantics or the slight difference. Gratitude is not really a feeling. It's more of a state of being. It's like the feelings are the emotions, right? They come and they go, they ebb and they flow. But a state, I like to say a state has weight. It's it's the mindset that you operate from. It's the foundation. So that even 
though you may have some unpleasant feelings or some things may go, leave your life, you may have some loss of some sort, but you still live and have your being in this state of gratitude. And I think that phrase that we've all probably heard a million times, an attitude of gratitude, it really expresses it perfectly, right? Because when we live in a state of gratitude, it's not really attached to anything that you either have or don't have or a person you have in your life or don't have. It's tied to your mindset about life overall, about your life, uh, you know, your role or your place in it. So oh, I love that. This, yeah, yeah. And I think uh, I like to make that exact same comparison with happy versus happiness. So we could come back around and say the same thing. Happy is like a feeling, right? You're happy about something. It's an emotion. And like all emotions, it comes and goes. Um, it's, it's, you know, feeling happy is typically contingent upon something outside of us, you know, something. Right. That I always like say that or, happy, yeah. happy has to do what is, ha- ha- is related to what is happening. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. So, it's right. Yeah. We, yeah we, exactly. We might, it's something we agree with or we're excited about, you know, whatever the thing is, it's making us feel happy. And then whatever that is goes away. So it isn't happy feeling, right? But it's a feeling, again, like sadness or anger or frustration. Those are all feelings and emotions. Again, we go then over to a state. Happiness, that's your state of being. It's a state that we live in and we experience. And we experience our feelings within that state. So for an extreme example, maybe like let's say, you are someone that lives in a state of happiness, that doesn't mean you don't feel sad. That If you lose someone, for example, maybe there's a death of someone that you care about, you're still going to feel sad, you're still going to grieve, but you're doing those, those are the feelings within your state of happiness. You're still overall a happy person. You just may be experiencing those feelings for a, a period of time. You know what I mean? It's different than if you're a person that like lives in a state of depression and then maybe you just experience a happy feeling on a rare occasion. You see the difference? Right. And I think when you yeah. say it that way, people can really get it because it, we all know people who are um, more, who are living in this, uh, maybe let's say mm-hmm. like a state of depression, right? And then yes. something grand happens in their life and they have this uh, spark of happiness. But their right. overall take on life is, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not talking about clinical depression, but their their whole state in life is an overall more depressive, more blues-like um, yeah, outlook on negative. life. And, 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 yeah. and I love, yeah, negative. And I love um, when I think, and I like you said, when you think of state, you think of weight. I love that. Uh, because I think yeah. that this is, this is the perspective of which you come to life with, you know, or come at life. You know, I, if you're mm-hmm. a person who is, has um, uh, gratitude, and that being the state is what you're saying. Like yeah. Being grateful would be the, would be the feeling. The, the gratitude is the right. state of which you exist in. And, and in oh. that state, you will experience the entire rainbow of emotions. But your exactly. baseline, your baseline, mm-hmm. your outlook on life, it, it, the, the foundation of what, of, of, what you're, of what you are is this gratitude. So, you know, you'll have all the regular right. emotions, but your baseline is there. And I think you're more likely in that, and you can let me know if you agree with this, but I think you're more likely, if that is your state, to have um, resiliency. Yes. That things happen, but you're able to get back to your foundational state more quickly. Mm -hmm. And there's no rush on it, but you're able to rebound or be more resilient. Totally. Yeah. Because you, because that not being in that state is actually unnatural for you. And so when that's your, like your set point or your baseline, when that's how you move through the world, when your state of being is in that, that happiness state or that, that state of gratitude, when you hit a speed bump or something happens, it kind of throws you off course you know you need to, you know, we need to experiencing, experience our range of emotions. I mean, we're, we're humans. That's what we do. But we don't stay there. We, we then move through it and we process and we heal or we recover, you know, whatever is required based on the situation. And then, like you said, we're resilient. We bounce back. 
we we come back from it and we and we we don't let it fold us like a house of cards you know what i mean so exactly and that's the place that we want that's the place we want to be because that's the way where we know when we're in that state when we've practiced because really it's a practice to get there there's there's an art to it and it is and it boils down to being able to manage the thoughts that you dwell on which you know again back to what you were saying earlier thinking very consciously rather than unconsciously and managing those thoughts but we know that okay i've i've you know in my own way i've been in this feeling of you know kind of blues or sadness or frustration or stress whatever it is when when your natural state of being is one of gratitude and happiness you want to get back there because you know that that's where you'll thrive you know that that's where you belong Right. So let me ask you, how would a person, let's suppose we have a listener right now who's thinking to themselves, okay, Eureka, I got it. You know, there is this um, state of being and then there are the feelings and the emotion. And they're really trying to figure out, like, what is my baseline state of being? How how would you know? How can you assess yourself to determine where you are? That's a great question. Uh, and and I think if you're willing to sit down and have an honest conversation with yourself, number one, or look in the mirror, whatever, that's 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 one way. And, and literally ask yourself, have a conversation with yourself, asking yourself some quality questions. Like on a scale of one to ten, you really can break it down. On a scale of one to ten, how do I normally feel just on a, any given day? like one being awful and, you know, 10 being ecstatic. Where do I fall in that range? Am I a two? Am I a five? Am I an eight? And you can literally just, you can measure yourself over the course of 30 days. You can have a little chart and go, how do I feel today? Scale of, you know, one to 10, circle a number and keep track. And you can break that down even into different categories. How do I feel about myself today? How do I feel about my, maybe it's my job. How do I feel about my relationship? Um, so, you know, those important categories in your life, you can break them down. You can literally set up a scale on a piece of paper, I mean, you know, and write a, write a number. And then at the end of 30 days, you can, you can go, wow, you know, my, my average for how do I feel about myself is only like a four. Or maybe your average is an eight. And that will give you an indication It'll it'll help you become more aware because a lot of times this is just a lack of awareness because we're you know we're habitual we we just get into um, habituated ways of moving moving through our days and how we feel and we get used to we get used to certain set points and sometimes we just don't even realize it until we actually pay a lot of attention to it so that's a really simple way for somebody to do a little self assessment and determine where they rate themselves in some different areas of their life on a scale of 1 to 10. And if you are, if you're low, in, or even if you're not at a 10, if you feel like, okay, there's, there's actually room for me to up-level here. I could feel better. How do I do that? And then we, that's when we circle back around to then the process of becoming a master of your thinking and managing oh, the thoughts that you dwell on, right? Because as, as you and I know, um, it's not about the thoughts that just kind of fleet through your mind. We have a bajillion thoughts fleeting through our mind all day, right, every every waking moment. It's the thoughts that you find yourself dwelling on. You're living in that state of mind all the time. We, You know what I mean? Those are the ones that are creating a certain emotion, and that is going to determine that the state that you find yourself in most of the time. So we have to really practice managing our thoughts and directing our thoughts towards something that's going to support the state that we would like to be in. And so gratitude is one practice that helps us with learning how to manage our thoughts because when we shift our thoughts over to what is good, what you what you are grateful for, what you love in your life, what's good in your life, whatever it is, you are training your brain to focus on the good things, the positive things. And then you can change um, the meaning of the things that you have negative thoughts about. So if there's things that you're attaching meaning to that are negative, then you have the choice to go, maybe I could 
apply a different meaning to this thing that I keep dwelling on that always makes me feel crappy or negative or angry. Apply a different meaning to it. The new meaning means you must have a thought, right? I want to just take a moment with that one because I think that's so important. I think a lot of people, we've talked a lot on this show and on many other shows, we see it everywhere about, you know, having an attitude of gratitude and really that will – that will begin to shape your life. And, you know, I do, yeah. I talk a lot about having an active gratitude postcard that I write a little index card every morning and keeping that with mm-hmm. me throughout the day as, you know, because our days we go through, uh, we, we cycle, we go through these you know, high on the mountaintop, yeah. low on the valley and in between sometimes. And we need to have something that we can hearken back to, to bring us back to a baseline. Mm-hmm. But I love, uh, so I love that gratitude. I, I Gratitude is the answer for so many things. But this changing Mm -hmm. the meaning that we give to certain thoughts and circumstances, which is what I told you about with the traffic today, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But understanding that 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 is so powerful. And I talk about that in my book, and I know you do in yours as well. I talk about Mm -hmm. that, and I just want to let people know that we have the power to to do that. We give the meaning to everything that occurs in our life. And, Lori, you may remember this show. I definitely remember it when I was uh, a kid, um, Dragnet, and he would always mm-hmm. say, only the facts, ma'am, right? And I used to run around saying that all the time, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. Right? But the facts <laughs> are the facts, but they don't mean anything without the meaning that we attribute to them. So I love right. the idea that we get to be so creative and say, yes, these are the facts. You know, I was stuck in this horrendous traffic, and this is what that means to me, right? Right. This is what that traffic means to me. And with practice, it does take practice, but I was able to sit in that traffic today and say, this means that I'm living in a a state that is becoming healed. People are getting vaccinated. People are are feeling more courageous and getting back to um, outdoors Mm -hmm. and and all of this, and, and so then I get happy and think yeah. about, wow, this is a big change from this time last year, right? We can do that with every part of our life. Yes, exactly. And that's such a great example, too, because we all experience getting stuck in traffic or getting behind that slow driver that you just can't get around and he is just cramping your style big time, right? And so right. that is a great example to practice what how could I make this mean something that, that serves me, that empowers me, that is means something that could be good instead of something that frustrates me and stresses me out? Exactly. And by doing that, we change the thought, we change the feeling, we change our state. It's a beautiful right. process. It just takes practice. And everyone has the freedom to be able to implement this. Yes, and here is the thing, too, that I love about it even more if I didn't. uh, We do that, and the whole process is so organic that it allows us to take full benefit of the emotion. We're not denying any emotions. We're not suppressing any emotions. We're saying, I feel this about this, but here's what I want, you know, here's just another way to look at it. So you give yourself the complete range of being open to what's happening now, but not allowing that emotion to drive your life in the opposite direction of your goal, right? If your mm-hmm. goal is to be in this and have the state of being that is great gratitude, then you don't drive your life mm-hmm. in the opposite direction of that. You say, okay, I acknowledge I'm feeling one of these emotions and that's great. And I'm able to feel my emotions. How, how wonderful is that? That's, that's, even great, right? That we can that we get yes. to feel these emotions, but then we can, we have yeah. we have we're not powerless. We're not powerless over these emotions. They just cannot whip us back and forth. Right, right. It's like we we say you can either let it use you and ruin your day and blame somebody else, or you can use it and you can manipulate it. You can become the master of it and and shape oh. your day and how you feel and shape your state. Oh, I love it. I love That's it. I love empowering. it. I hope people are feeling it. It's it, it so empowering. And we, we, when we realize how powerful we are, life changes. Life changes. It really does. And you realize, you know, you sort of have this uh, bring it on kind of thing. <laughs> like, oh, I bring it on. Yeah. You know, you, not that you're wanting bad stuff, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, 
<laughs> you know what? Whatever it takes. If you feel like, you know, if you've got to kind of get into a warrior mentality to like, okay, I'm going to master these emotions. <laughs> if that helps you start to get into the practice, you know, by all means, you know, use the, use the tools that work for you. But, but really what it is, it's, it's once we become a master of our emotions, it doesn't mean we don't feel them, like you said earlier. It just means that we are able to be the master of them so that they're not running the show and then we're not a slave to them. We're the master. Yeah. That's so beautiful. That's, That's so beautiful. So we're talking about how how to achieve our state of being that is desired. And we talked about having an attitude of gratitude and we talked about um, attaching the meaning to the thoughts. Is there anything else that we can do? Well, I think that sometimes, um, you know, it might be hard for some people to go, you know what, I mean, my life has gone down the toilet, especially lately. A lot of bad things have happened, and it might be really hard for them to latch on to something to be grateful for when all they can see is things, you know, loss or stress or whatever. So, you know what, you you can, if as long as you're alive and breathing, you can find something. You just have to find something that's true for you to hang on to and then slowly build on that. So, for example, one of the things that I love to do is every morning when I wake up, I literally, I sit up and before I start my kind of prayer meditation time, whatever I'm going to do or my, my spiritual reading, I I go, thank you for breathing me. Life is breathing me. I actually have this, everybody that's alive can be in a state of gratitude that life is literally breathing you. You don't even have to think about it. You can be unconscious and sleeping and it's doing it for you. And I just find that to be the most miraculous thing. I can, I can manipulate my breath if I want consciously. I can, you know, change my breathing um, pace or do, you know, do whatever. But if I'm not thinking about it, which most of us aren't most of the time, there's this this miraculous thing doing it for you. And that's one thing that anyone can start with. Wow, I'm being breathed by something greater than myself. That's a great place oh, to start. Yeah, that just gave me like this wonderful visual too. It's like the great mother, you know, where yeah. you're, you know, she, you know, the universe or what have you, however you want to label it, but is actually breathing us, and then gives us the, the freedom to regulate the breath as we as we choose to. But you know, the great, the, I, I call it the great mother because that was just the feeling that I had come over me when you were talking yeah. about that. That you're actually breathing me, and that gives me, and, and from that, from that loving experience, I can do whatever I want with that breath. You're not going to deny it to me. You're going to keep doing it over and over again, and I get to be free with it and 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 use it as I will, and that's that's so comforting. And I I do agree that for people who who are experiencing trauma, and we know that, you know, life teaches us Mm -hmm. that it's cyclical, if nothing else. We're either in the middle of something, coming out of something, or heading into something. And I got to tell you, that phrase used to just make me quake in my boots when I was much younger. But I realize now that through all of that, it is our state of being that is Mm -hmm. being developed. Because every, every experience is an opportunity for us to hearken back to the truth and to honor the mm-hmm. fact that we get to hold on to the state of being. And it, the state of being itself helps us to move to a higher level of consciousness as we cycle through life, the journey of life, you know, and yeah. holding on to that yeah. foundational belief. So I think it is just phenomenal. phenomenal. Um, so mm-hmm. now as we're talking about our feelings and our emotions, what I'm thinking about people who – whose emotions I mentioned earlier, who let their emotions sort of, they they ruminate on things. They get in an emotional pattern and mm-hmm. something will happen and they just harken back to all the horrible things that have happened and they can't push forward. Is there some factors that these individuals could do to help them sort of release that energy and move into a more positive uh, use of their energy? Yeah, I think, you know, in addition to what we just talked about, um, I think that 
one of the things that we can do, another thing, is making sure that you're not blaming others for anything. So it's really oh. making sure that you're not in this, because when you're blaming, when you like, if you have negative feelings or you're depressed or you're angry, you're frustrated, you're, you know, whatever your feelings are, if you're blaming others for feeling that way, you, you really disempower yourself because now you are basically saying, well, all of these other, this other person or these people, that situation that they were involved in with me has control over me. You're allowing it. And so when we blame, even if somebody else is at fault or was at fault, if we hold on to that, they will continue, you know, that the situation will continue to have control over us. You can't have the freedom that you desire when you keep dwelling on it, especially if you keep yourself in a victim mindset about it. The victim mindset and I have will to keep agree. You responsibility, taking responsibility puts you back in the driver's seat. And that's what Everyday Peace yeah. is about. Everyday Peace is about us owning our power, walking in our power. This is Dr. Drayvon James. I absolutely love you. We'll talk next week. Thank you to our wonderful guest, Lori Bishop. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.